Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 13 of IFNZ Presents. That was a Hoot El Rocco's Modern Life Recap Mega Series. Are you going to land on Mega Series? Is that what we're, it's so big. we're sticking with? It's thick. It's just a series, right? Yeah, it's just a series. And because what if something happens? What if I? Oh, my. Um, like, what if something happens between now and the end of this year, 2022, Don't. that extends the Rocco Modern Life, the Rocco's Modern Life world? Yeah. So we we might pick up on new things. And I'm completely content. Let's let's just do it on air right here. Okay. <laughs> if they green light a season five of Rocco's Modern Life. I don't think that's going to happen. Even two. Don't, don't, don't. Even two years <laughs> later. It's 2024. Okay. Season five, Rocco's Modern Life gets sure. greenlit because, you know, yeah. you never know what's going to happen. They do it in the animation style of like the new Rugrats. No. Uh, <laughs> we pick up where we left off and we just dust the, dust the dust off. I don't think we have to dust any dust off. I think it'll still be pretty fresh. It's only been two years at that point. But okay. I say that the series is indefinitely it's, open. There's no book end to it. Yeah. I mean, even, if there's even if we get another movie, like another static clings type yeah. situation, there's no reason why we wouldn't pick it back up to make another episode. If they just drop news about yeah. it, we're going to turn episode. on the mics. New. It's, it's an episode. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm glad it never if, go away. <laughs> if uh, if they just have like, I don't know if if Joe Murray is Joe Murray, right? Yeah. yeah Joe, Murray. Joe Murray just like farts and it sounds like Rocco. It sounds Australian. Like, oh. we're going to have an episode about it. Can you demonstrate that for me? Because I want to know what that sounds like, just in case that happens, you know, from my own knowledge. Yeah. Uh, so we're starting off season two, episode seven, uh, segment one, Hutsut Raw. Uh, you gave me just a brief. Hutsut Raw. Little, in the middle of it. Yeah, a little bit of a opening to that, because I didn't know really the context of the song yeah. really, truly at all. Same. But it's a it's older than what we even initially found out it appears the 30s ish perhaps yeah the 30s ish perhaps but the <laughs> version that i was listening to looked like it came out like a world war ii song and it was like a swedish uh serenade is what it says next to it in parentheses so i don't know like it's a, originally a swedish song but i guess it maybe could be older than that even yeah i think it's definitely older than that mm -hmm. and it seems less swedish I think it came from more the Mongolians. Um, more American. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we Americanized it. It's zany. No, they Swedenized it. It was an American song first. It was an American song first, and they Sweden Swedenized it, they and then we brought it. it back to America. I don't know. when With Rocco, that's when we brought it back. And then it went to Australia, and then it came to America <laughs> again. <laughs> but mind you, the beginning of this, since yeah. it is 93, 94, 94. Yeah. Uh, 93, this is, I think, at this point, right? This is a, I don't know. Uh, this is a, a 60 year reference to a song potentially. Yeah. Um, none of us are getting it. Mm -mm. We're not getting that reference and they don't explain the reference. So we continue. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so we opened with Rocco singing Hutset Raw and looking through a backpack, looking uh, for his flashlight. Uh, he finds these his fishomatic, which is a compact fishing pole. And I mind you, when he's singing Hutset Raw, he goes, Headset raw, do, 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 do. like he doesn't even know like anything else. He just sings. He's just doing the the Hutset raw and yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, then uh, Filbert and uh, Heifer both enter, and uh, it seems that they're all set for their camping trip. Uh, Heifer has a backpack that is a full size refrigerator, fully stocked. Mm -hmm. And uh, when asked where his sleeping bag is, he says, "What? There's no beds." Mm -mm. Uh, now in the car, the guys go to Fuzzy Stick National Park singing Hutsut Raw together uh, once again. 
as they're driving. They arrive at a large parking lot, and uh, there's a guide in the lot with a redwood in uh, in a pot, a leaf uh, from some kind of tree, and a rock. Uh, the tourists are all very excited by this, and they're starting to take pictures of the leaf that's just there in the pot. <laughs> yeah, it's just. So it's like this is like a full on like this is a tourist destination. And then the route that they take is kind of just like off the beaten path scenic route kind of. Yeah. Well, this is almost like tourist trappy. And then they're like, we shouldn't do tourist. Yeah. 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 We're getting there. Uh, Rocco says that this is where the sissies and the couch potatoes camp. And he wants the real thing. So they they take they take a moving walking path through Nature-O-Rama. The path takes them to a dome where the vending machines are hanging from trees because that's how nature works. And uh, there are cardboard cutouts of uh, mountains in the back. And Rocco's very disappointed, but Heifer and Filbert are very excited. They're the couch potatoes and the sissies, I guess. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I uh, I really thoroughly enjoy this aspect of the episode because it always makes me think of Biodome whenever I see this. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I always really enjoyed that movie as a kid. Because like it's a concept. dome with trees in it. So yeah, it's, like... Like, it's just like an artificial life in an area that shouldn't have life. Because in Biodome, they're in like the middle of a desert. Yeah. And then they have all of these different branches of like the full deciduous forest and a right. jungle atmosphere and mm-hmm. all of these different things in this one area. And yeah. I thought it was cool. And that kind of what it reminds me of. And the fact that they have like a conveyor belt that guides them yeah. <laughs> and then the vending machines mm-hmm. and shit. Uh, Rocco convinces the other two to go out into actual nature and to the big lake. Uh, they arrive and set up camp and Filbert complains about his feet, takes off his shoes and kills a bunch of wildlife with the smell that is wafting. by. Ooh, that smell. Mm. Uh, Rocco pours can of fire on a fire pit and adds water, which doesn't make a lot of sense, but whatever to get an instant fire. The bugs just run out screaming out of the fire pit. And uh, so Heifer is in charge of setting up a tent and Filbert's in charge of getting to water. Uh, at the water, there are frogs, bugs, and fish all kissing and being romantic to which Filbert says, Ick, this water's disgusting. <laughs> Do you think, is it because he thinks that the water itself is gross or just because there's PDA going on? It's that. It's the PDA. Yeah. It's just turning him off. Kinda. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he tells Rocco that they can't drink the water because the fish are dating in it. Yeah. Not mating. Yeah. Yeah, dating. We can't talk about mating. No, not no, in this they're, show. They're dating though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heifer continues to struggle with the tent in all the classic kinds of ways, mm-hmm. uh, and once he gets it up, it rolls away and burns before he can get the stakes in the ground. <laughs> Filbert keeps spraying himself with bug spray, and the bugs keep coming to him right afterwards. Uh, Heifer's hungry, goes into his fridge, which is now empty except for a couple of squirrels that are all food, all full of the food, and they're glutens. They are glutons because they're a fool. <laughs> uh, Heifer is worried that they're going to starve. Uh, Rocco's freeze dried food then blows away. Rocco pulls his fishomatic out to catch uh, some fish, but it shoots out into the water because uh, those little compact fishing poles aren't spring loaded. Yeah, it just shoots out. <laughs> Gotta have that tight grip. grip. Uh, and uh, so Filbert says that uh, the water's making him need to go pee. Mm-hmm. And uh, wants to know where the bathroom is. Uh, it's clear that they've never been out in nature. Uh, Rocco and Heifer point towards a bush with a sign that says bush. Filbert <laughs> decides to hold it. Down on their luck, they decide to head back home, but appear, uh, but appear to be lost and going in circles. They split up looking for food. Uh, Heifer licks a rock, which has like moss on it. Rocco tries berries uh, that he's finding off these bushes. And Filbert meets an ape and then asks, starts asking him for the banana that he has. 
Uh, Heifer brings the rocks back, which he thought were stale bread. Uh, and Filbert comes back all bitten and beaten up from the ape that he got a little hostile with over the banana. He was like, where'd you get the banana? He wouldn't leave it alone. I just yeah. said, hey, hey where's, the, where's the banana? And like, hey, just, I want your banana. <laughs> the night they sit around the campfire, all the backpacks are taken by mysterious creatures in the dark. I don't think that's ever explained either. Nope. But it's like, it's full on, like, it's not even like wolf paws or it looks like hands yeah. like somebody just takes them and then yep. they're gone uh the next day uh they're delirious and sing huts rock and but it's like all kind of uh rocco looks at filbert and sees a can of that's good turtle soup uh and sees a big steak when he looks at heifer uh they look at rocco and see a chicken leg and some other foul kind of leg i don't i, don't I think know it's why. like a turkey leg in a turkey yeah but he's not a turkey I mean, he's not a chicken either. <laughs> he's neither one. He's no fowl. He's no fowl. But like, but I mean, like a steak. A bit, you know what I mean? Like that makes sense. And the turtle soup, but we don't eat wallaby. So what else would we make him? I'm sure somebody does, right? Gross. <laughs> like somebody eats dog. Like I don't want to think about it though. Oh, I got you. They have feelings. So so foul <laughs> a foul leg. Um, Heifer and Filbert start to attack Rocco, and Rocco convinces them that they shouldn't eat each other. They're friends, and friends don't eat each other. All of a sudden, it starts raining. St- raining steaks from a park ranger on the other side of the tree line heifer starts to eat one and throws it up all over rocco Mm -hmm. uh it turns out the steaks were for the wild shrews and they are in the wild shrew kingdom the shrews jump the guys and they run away uh later back at rocco's house they moved the furniture outside and built a campfire filbert uses the real bathroom comes out ah relieved um they also have a bed out there so filbert is a happy camper hutsut raw oh yeah they uh yeah they they sing hut set raw biting on a money and so on so on so on is uh is what they sing at the end hut set raw biting on a money <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's hut set rawson and then they do some like then they change out the backwards like there's a tail to the line yeah. every time um so a little bit of, it was a weird episode yeah i i always i enjoy the uh the idea and concept of uh outdoor camping that way of like getting your furniture and just putting it outside <laughs> i don't know why yeah it's just like one of those things it's like a rednecks camp like that all the Do time they? you know what i mean like how they have the yard furniture they just leave outside and that they're they're camping like that yeah. they're just lounging <laughs> i don't know uh my question to you is do you know so neither one of us knew hut set uh but is there is that a traditional camping song though i don't know it okay. doesn't show up on this list that i'm have about in front to pull of me. up of traditional <laughs> camping songs and i was gonna ask you if you knew any traditional camping songs or if you even knew what a I, traditional camping song would be i know what is probably a modern new camping song via spongebob squarepants which is the camping song that's that on he, the list is it it's on the list c-a-m-p-f-i-r-e camp, or whatever it is <laughs> and then this keeps speeding up every time I just remember Patrick, whenever it gets too fast, he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that one's definitely on there. Um, wow. Other ones that I I knew of uh, were like, we're going on a bear hunt. Oh, going to catch a big one? I only know that because that was like a whole, like. That's a kid's book, well, a children's book. And also, when I was in school, that was like our kindergarten like program for our parents. Mm-hmm 
Was was that was that the same for you? Did they do the same one every year? I don't know if they did that whenever I was a kid. I okay. remember reading the book whenever I was younger. Gotcha. Um, Betty's read the book in whenever she's you know been in pre K and stuff as well too, and everything. We've had the book for so they're beating the then. same old damn drum. Yeah, it's a classic. It's hard to beat the classics. <laughs> so going on a bear hunt that that makes sense. On top um, of spaghetti or the meatball song, as you uh-huh. may know it as, all covered in cheese. B i n g o. Okay, bingo. Bingo was okay. his demo. She'll be coming around the mountain. Yeah. Uh, my Bonnie lies over the ocean. Okay. John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, one of my personal like favorites. Like, we should make a an aside episode that is just us figuring out like what the origin of these songs actually mean because I feel like some of them might be like dark shit. Oh, I'm sure. You know it what is. I mean, like just Absolutely. like we just have no idea. Yeah. Uh, Home on the Range, of course. Uh, okay. Baby Shark makes the list, which I don't like. No. Uh, do yours hang low? Wheels on the bus. Baby Bumblebee. I like Baby Bumblebee. I don't know if I know Baby Bumblebee. I caught a little baby bumblebee. I know oh, that too. My mommy be so proud of me. And then, like, they smash the baby bumblebee and they lick it up and they puke know, it up. I don't know all of the motions of that, but I know that the. That's tradition. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it makes me think of Looney Tunes because that would be a tune that would play in the background while shit's right. going on in an episode. And then there's adult ones, but I, they're not really. They're like, like the, sexy? Like no, kinky ones? They're like the songs that like somebody would bring a guitar and play. Like, oh, Kumbaya. Like Wagon Wheel. Oh, what is Kumbaya on there? Kumbaya that, should isn't be. That, it should be. I feel like that's a very campfire. That's that's a staple. You have somebody that has an acoustic and you're around a fire like that, you have to sing Kumbaya. I don't even know Kumbaya. I'm like, Kumbaya, oh. my lord, Kumbaya. I know hundreds of songs. You do? Kumbaya is not, not one, of, one them. of them. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of good songs. But um, I, I, didn't also, I also didn't really have a lot of thoughts on what a campfire song was either. Uh, because I didn't find myself singing around a campfire, I guess, as a young age. But no, I, I mean, I guess it is a, it is a thing that people do. But I feel like that was a staple of things that were created, maybe around like you're at summer camp. You know, it's right. an activity that you do at a summer yeah. camp as something that they generate for you, or right. you're part of uh, Boy Scouts or RAs or Girl Scouts, something to that effect. Where you know you're outside. What's an RA? Uh, Royal Ambassadors. It's like a church organization oh, okay. thing, kind of like Boy Scouts, but with through a church. Gotcha. I was an RA whenever I was gotcha. a kid, and I just can't like we camped and stuff too. And so Boy Scouts kind of is near a, a church activity, anyways. Yeah, it's pretty close. Like Royal Ambassadors is like that's as like you like you get a badge if you memorize X amount of verses. Like you, ah. it is it is church. Oh, okay, <laughs> right on. Moving so on. Uh, season two, episode seven, segment two. That was, that's good mighty accurate and fast rolled off the kiss tongue well. me i'm foreign uh so there's a commercial for squirrel away which uh first shows the squirrels in heifer's fridge from the last episode that we were familiar with that are yes. portly uh now and they and we see squirrels that are now living in filbert shell uh as he's walking down the street with dr hutchinson does it make him itchy he itches the shell because of them like moving around there and stuff he was itchy in the last episode because of his backpack yeah on his shell yeah so i would imagine that those would have to be irritating i don't remember talking about it but this is inside a shell even yeah this is inside this is like whenever you have like nerves that like tingle and you have like it itches but you can't itch it because it's just inside your body just like worms i've never had worms so i don't know about that (laughs) i don't either uh uh so meanwhile rocco is told by the department of deportation that he is getting deported in one week even though he is here legally uh it's Really confusing scenario. Uh, the file they have, though, uh, which might clear it up, is of a steer-type animal wearing a stretched-out version of Rocco's shirt 
with the name Rocky above it. So it appears that maybe they might have gotten Rocco and Rocky confused. So it should be Rocco that's getting deported? I think Rocky should be deported. Okay. And and they Rocco is here legally, but they messed it up like at customs or something like that. They, who deals the, with who deals with green cards? Is that a customs thing? Department of Deportation. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was my bad. The DOD. <laughs> at least in this world. The I don't Dodd. know. Who the Dodd is, is in charge of Rocco uh, and his uh, citizenship. And he just shows up at the DOD. Um, uh -huh. I, I'm assuming he got a letter in the mail. Uh, Why not? Because no he, email. It's really not really at that point in time. It's just like, hey, come down here. We need to tell you some things. Uh, so when Rocco arrives home, he's greeted with a surprise for him for his deportation. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't seem like they know exactly what deportation means because they're all confused when Rocco says that he doesn't want to leave. Yeah. Uh, there is a ring at the door, and it's the deportation agent who says they've made a mistake, and we all get our hopes up that maybe they made a mistake and they realize that he's not Rocky, he's Rocco. Uh, but he says that he doesn't have to leave in, in a week, he has to leave now. Uh, and there's even a plane waiting outside in Rocco's yard. Mm -hmm. um, like a 747. Like <laughs> landed potentially on Melba's house if yeah. Melba's still living next door. Um, and Mr. Bighead seems to be the only one excited about it. He's like, oh, oh, mm -hmm. bye, Rocco. See you, Rocco. <laughs> Let me get your bags. Uh, so quick on his feet, Heifer stops Rocco from leaving and says that Rocco's getting married to Philberta. Uh, Philbert corrects him and says, call me Ophelia. <laughs> so he's thought about this. Uh, the agent says Rocco doesn't have to leave. Because of the the marriage, and the mm -hmm. government doesn't want to get in the way of true love. That's a lie. Uh, though Rocco and Ophelia will be under a, a strict observation for a few days. Mm -hmm. It's like a ankle bracelet, but with people watching you instead all yeah, the time. A little kinkier. Mm. Uh, later that night, we see Filbert breaking it off with Dr. Hutchinson, sad, uh, who starts to sing in mourning. But a deportation bus runs into some people on the sidewalk, and she gets her doctor bag to go help them out. There's a lot of, uh, it's just like, it's heavy deportation in this episode. Like, yeah, there's just like, the bus didn't have to be a deportation bus, but it just is. It didn't. It was, though. Yeah. Um, at the courthouse, Rocco and Ophelia are getting married, and Heifer, the agent, and Death are there as witnesses. I love that, I love that the agent is the only one that's like teary-eyed and broken up about it for some reason, even <laughs> though he's only known him for now probably like two to three days. Right. Um, and, uh, Rocco's eyes are all jacked up and I'm, I'm guessing he's freaking out that he's getting married. Mm -hmm. Cause like, he doesn't really say anything in that whole scene. He just kind of has the weird eyes. Uh, but Ophelia's all dressed up and no glasses. So, uh, they don't know where they're looking at all whatsoever the no. entire time. And the judge loves Ophelia's voice. Um, so Rocco carries Ophelia across the threshold at the house. They're married now. Doesn't she keep saying something? He keeps saying something, Philberta, Ophelia. Ophelia says something, yeah. And it's the thing that, that the the judge like, or whatever that's there. Wants. Oh, gosh, or something like yeah. that. She's like, so like keep saying it again, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the next morning, Philbert is cleaning the house, and Rocco wakes up, and Rocco tells Philbert uh, not to take this so seriously when he sees that the agent pops his head out of the toilet and uh, promptly gives him a kiss. There's um, a photo in the bathroom hanging uh, of heifer i don't know if you noticed that but i didn't it's just next to the sink and the mirror is like a photo of heifer in the bathroom. i want I, 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 now that you mention it i want i want to think that heifer did that for him though <laughs> like he was just like rocket doesn't have enough pictures of his friends here i'm gonna put his picture of me up here i like that That way he thinks about me often while he's you know going to the bathroom going pooping uh at kind of a lot of comics rocco's working uh i guess he got his job back even <laughs> though we, we knew he got fired like 
four or five episodes yeah, ago, maybe. Right. Um, and the pink bunny from Rocco's story uh, from a few episodes ago, uh, which was in an episode. Was it an episode? Yeah. Okay. Uh, is uh, is there saying turn the page and wash your hands <laughs> like Filbert would say <laughs> uh, all the way back in the very first couple of episodes. Uh, Filbert calls Rocco at work a couple of times just to check on him. Uh, Rocco is uh, very annoyed by this and Filbert gets mad. He says that Rocco doesn't appreciate him, so he won't appreciate Rocco. Rocco comes home with flowers for Filbert. Uh, this whole thing's starting to get real weird. That <laughs> Filbert then eats and asks, where's dinner? <laughs> it's going to be, when's dinner is going to be ready? Rocco goes in the kitchen to cook and the agent is hiding inside the freezer. So this whole thing is like flipped the script. Now he has been like, he was like the loving, caring wife. And then as soon as that happened, it flipped the script. And now he's the asshole stay at home husband. Yeah. While Rocco is also just not even like taking up like the mantle, I would say of like the loving, like I work wife kind of a person, but yeah. still just being Rocco. So now it's just like, Two dominant, domineering males trying to live in the same atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so so Filbert is in the chair asking where his fish sticks are as a squirrel goes into his shell. So the squirrels are still living there. Mm -hmm. uh, and Filbert says uh, he has a hedgehog to feed, which I have no idea what that means. I don't either. I don't know if that's like the same as like, I could eat a whole cow. He's like, I got a hedgehog to feed. Maybe it's his belly. Maybe. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't like it. I don't either. I don't know. This is, you see, you think of somebody's hog, you think about their junk. You know <laughs> I was mean? not going that direction. No, though. I don't either. But I, I don't think so either. I'm just thinking like that's the only thing I could think of in correlation with anything hog related. I don't gotcha. know what a hedgehog would be, unless he thinks what's in his shell might be a hedgehog now to well too. Mm, I, I like that. That theory since sounds, it was just like around there, that sticks better. Uh, Rocco says dinner's ready. And there's a can of clam juice on the table uh, along with a, pot, a plate of mush. Rocco finally has had enough with this and he gets into a boxing ring with an announcer and spectators for their first fight. Uh, they exchange words, which are then, uh, the, which are on uh, boxing gloves that they hit each other with. Uh, they are interrupted by a phone call that Filbert answers with. Yeah. What happened? Which is, I have decided no matter who it is, that's just how we, that's how he phone. answers the phone. Yeah. And I love that. Uh, and it is the judge that married he and Rocco, and uh, I guess they're friends now. She had called earlier when he was like checking on Rocco at the comic store, too. Uh, he yells at her, though, and uh, she hangs up the phone on his face. Do you think that uh, you could get, yeah, what happened into your lexicon of how you answer the phone? No. Especially if like people at work from the call you, and you're just like, yeah, what happened? <laughs> that's how you start answering Unfortunately, it that's probably pretty accurate, though. <laughs> they that's, interrupt. That's usually why they're calling. Yeah. They interrupt their fight uh, where they're actually making up uh, when the doorbell rings and it's the agent. He congratulates Rocco on becoming a citizen again uh, and gives him his green card. There we go. Uh, Filbert leaves the house, sadly, since they don't have to be together anymore. And Rocco asks if he wants to do something later, which is a nice little thing for Filbert. Yeah. Uh, they agree to go do something and Filbert walks away with the squirrel following him. Filbert goes to the nifty drugstore where he's in the embarrassing personal hygiene products aisle with a couple other turtles. He grabs some squirrel away, which he, uh, which is next to the bad rabbit or the bad rabbit bad, which is, has that pink rabbit on it mm -hmm. and the hedgehog be gone. Hedgehog. Hey, hedgehog. So he has a hedgehog too. Yeah. He not only has squirrels, but he also has hedgehog. It's a, a rampant <laughs> rodent problem with Filbert. It's odd to me that he decides after he and Rocco break up mm -hmm. to get rid of the squirrels. Yeah. Like it's like it's a weird placement. It's in like the story. he got he was like content with it being 
he was happy and okay at first, yeah. then got to a point where he was so displacing and upset that he just didn't care anymore. Yeah. And now I guess he's back to a point where he's just like, okay, maybe I should try and start caring about Is myself it, a little bit like, more. Because he's like on the dating game I again, guess, like yeah. on the dating circuit. He wants to make sure it's like, it's like he, he has crabs. He's got to get them cleaned but up. He's got to get them cleaned up before yeah. he does anything. Yeah. So when Filbert goes to check out, Dr. Hutchinson's actually running the catch register. So does she work there now as like part time or something, maybe? Or she's a doctor <laughs> she, and a cashier. She, she gives a very indirect answer. Uh, they're awkwardly exchanging pleasantries, and Philbert says he thought that she was a surgeon, and she says she was, but she just couldn't cut it. Then they laugh, uh, and then she kisses him on the cheek. Uh, back to the embarrassing products aisle, we see the agent and the judge, both with squirrels on their heads, reaching for the last box of squirrel away. They fall in love, get married, and Rocco and Heifer and Philbert and Dr. H are there. Uh, in the bathroom, Filbert is reading the directions for Squirrel Away, uh, which is actually just a grenade that kills squirrels. Uh, he throws it into his shell, then his shell deflates after it explodes, and the squirrels float up to heaven. So it's a sweet ending. You know, they say something at the end, like it's like a almost like a husband and wife squirrel that yeah. are floating up, yeah. and they're having like unpleasant treats as they're going to heaven. Well, they were, yeah, they kissed. They were like, they were like, yeah, I love falling. you. Yeah. And it's like a weird wet kiss because they're like deflated Maybe, too. Maybe I don't know. Uh, yeah, because they've been they've been living their home has been there. They got the little yeah. chairs and filbert shell and everything. Uh, my question to you is, what are your thoughts on fish sticks? Um, I'm not a fan of fish in general, so doesn't matter. Have you had fish sticks before? I have. Do you yeah. like fish sticks? Not really. Okay, because or you're gonna ask me if I was a gay fish? Nope. No, not <laughs> at all. Uh, no, the because uh, I don't think that fish sticks and fish are one and the same. I feel like fish sticks. And follow me with this. Okay. Okay. Take me. I'm going to take you on a journey. It's like a chicken nugget. Yes. It's kind of fish not really sticks. Um, fish sticks. And then both also the fish and chicken and the chicken. Wait, hold on. Fish sticks and chicken nuggets from like McDonald's. Okay. Kind of samey. Okay. Also fish sticks and the fish and chicken from Long John Silver's. Kind of samey. Different breadings. Right. Yes. Because it's battered differently. Yeah. But I feel like they're all of the same caliber. Yeah. You could have the chicken from 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 Long John Silver's, which I love. I, I adore that chicken. But if I had their fish next to it and I ate it, I could probably tell the difference. But at the same time, not really. Yeah. And there's not enough of a distinction there with it. So, I mean, I agree with you. But at the same time, I'm going to, excuse me, order the chicken because I find it a little bit more flavorful and I like it more. I think that there's a possibility mm -hmm. that they're all kind of the same thing, but they have chicken flavoring or fish flavoring added to them. Maybe what do you think about that? So it's like all one meat. What where did we get it from? Or is it just it's, grown? It's not real. Yeah, it's grown. It's not real. You no. say I'm imagining eating this food. It's imaginary food. <laughs> you it's, are is you saying that it's like we've had beyond meat for longer than we've anticipated? Or you think it's like Yeah, a, in like a gross way though. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's just we've got bits of things here and there. Yeah. And we're going to mush them into a paste. Yeah. I, and well, this paste will become fish, maybe chicken. Yes. <laughs> I think that Beyond Meat, the difference with Beyond Meat is that it doesn't have any animal byproduct yeah, in yeah. it. Whereas this stuff <laughs> is all animal byproduct. <laughs> has stuff in it. Some of it's animal, some of it's vegetable, some of it's plastic. Doesn't really matter. There's plastic in it, you Probably. think? I mean. Fuck, uh, you know, the the bread at Subway had rubber in it. It's true, yeah. It's and then true. the tuna was not real tuna at all. 
they tested it. it was whenever they tested it was that like four or five months ago remember that yeah i do remember we that. talked about it yeah. like, there was like not 100 percent of it was zero tuna you can't talk about tuna in my house uh because my phone thinks that i love tuna melts and like my google news feed <laughs> like randomly just has recipes for tuna melts do you not do you like go through and make sure that you like i don't like this article oh i can do that yeah, yeah, it's on the little thing on the side. You oh. like you it has like a little bar on it and you click it and it was like, Do you like this article? You wanted to you see less of this? Well, maybe I should start doing that. You should probably do that. That way you <laughs> see less of it and maybe it doesn't listen for tuna melts. <laughs> cruising. Yes. Episode eight, segment one. Cruising. Rocco's driving Heifer and his grandpa to the grandpa's cruise ship. Well, Grandpa is complaining the whole time. Heifer apologizes for grandpa being cranky, and grandpa calls him a little, fat little cowboy. <laughs> I like that. Uh, can we call it in 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 our new music venture? Can that be my band name? <laughs> Your band fat, name, Fat Little Cowboy. <laughs> like I'm Shad Schubert. This is Fat Little Cowboy. <laughs> oh, like yeah, like it's stage that's name. Your, that's your stage. That's name? my stage name. You can still just be Shad if you want, because that's what you've I established. Will, yeah. You call me Fat Little Cowboy. Okay, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh there's a banner hanging up for the senior citizen singles cruise and it doesn't sound like grandpa is excited to go on the cruise while getting him to his room grandpa stops to go to the bathroom he says it's very important uh and so does heifer because he says that's a good idea i should too uh and while they're in there the ship takes off and rocco and heifer are stuck on the cruise uh heifer tells rocco they should blend in and no one will notice that they're not supposed to be there but they end up chained to a wall in the engine room of the ship that changed real quick. Uh, captain comes and tells them that they're in luck. Two deckhands were just thrown overboard by a mob of elderly people, and now they have to replay be, be the replacement deckhands. Uh, they both are scrubbing the deck when Rocco asks how they are supposed to do all the chores and take care of Grandpa. They flip for it, and Heifer gets to do the chores while Rocco takes care of Grandpa. But my question is, why do they have to take care of Grandpa? It's a, it's an elderly, it's a senior citizen's cruise, and nobody else has people taking care yeah, of him. Yeah, not to mention the fact that they were supposed to just be there to drop him off yeah, they at were, said cruise. They weren't going to stay there? No. Originally? No. So why can't they just both it's like, the it's like a It's like a fun cruise, but also meant to be like a, a senior home at the same time. Yeah. Just a fun senior home trip exactly. type thing. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's just now that they're on on board, maybe they feel like they're the need. Well, they're replacing deckhands, so maybe the deckhands were meant to be almost kind of like orderlies a little bit, too. Maybe. You know, so like maybe that. they're like short of an orderly or something, too. Good idea. Uh, Heifer gets, gets to put on dentures, uh, denture cleaning duty with a room full of dentures, which is disgusting. While Rocco has Grandpa out on the deck, he's chasing him around on the wheelchair as the boat shifts uh, side to side. Grandpa keeps yelling, Beaver, to get Rocco to help him. Uh, Rocco imps up getting trampled by a gaggle of uh, wheelchairs. That's the proper term for that. That is a lot of wheelchairs. Uh, Grandpa says he thought that this was a singles cruise and wants to know where the babes are. Uh, he calls for women from around the pool area who rush over and end up grabbing Rocco. Uh, Heifer is pushing a food cart and accidentally knocks over a row of walkers that are like motorcycles in front of the saloon. <laughs> And a group of old people come out, and they say that he scratched their walker, and they run after him. Uh, at the last chance ballroom, Grandpa and some other uh, um, old guys are all talking about when they used to be the while well, who used to be the best dancer. While Heifer continues to be chased around by the gang of old people, uh, Grandpa spots Winifred Wolf on the dance floor. She went to Ozark Tech with Grandpa, and he says that she was crazy about him and has a flashback. Uh, about her smacking him in the face. And he was like a 
a big buff jockey Stud. football player in a uh, what? A, what's the uh, Letterman's jacket? Letterman's jacket. Yeah, I couldn't think of what the coat was called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't put this together originally because we're like pretty close to the Ozarks. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking like kind of like that, but it's probably, I'm assuming, referring to like the Ozark, like the Noah's Ark. Nope, that's a different thing. No, that's a boat. That's what <laughs> That was a big boat. <laughs> and that's Ozark. Yeah. Not Noah's Ark. That's different. Never mind. I'm glad I talked about this out loud. On, that's good. <laughs> on the mic. Um, at the Flamingo Room di- dinner, uh, blah, blah, blah. at the Flamingo Room dinner, uh, sorry, at the Flamingo one. Room, comma, <laughs> yes, dinner's being served. <laughs> And it's all in puree form and ice cream machines. That's fucking gross. I can't stand whenever they pour out the stuff that's supposed to be roast beef that's mm-hmm. in the thing. And he pulls it out and it's like a pink ooze. It's not even brown. Not even like cooked. It no. looks like it's just raw roast beef. It's like, uh, <laughs> I mean, when you, oh, that's prime rib. Never mind. I'll quit talking. Uh, Grandpa finds Winifred Wolf and introduces himself. Oh, wait, uh, they start a food fight. I forgot to read that part. Oh, yeah, they do start a food, food fight. fight. <laughs> uh, Grandpa finds Winifred Wolf and introduces himself. We find out that his name is Hiram Willie Wolf. Uh, we also find out that Winifred was not impressed by Grandpa when they were younger, and he hasn't changed, so she is still not into him. Rocco asks Grandpa how it went with Winifred, and he tells him, Shut up, Beaver! And hits him with his cane. Uh, Rocco angry talks to an old dog. Uh, who says that Rocco might be angry too when he gets old due to heartbreak of a prune diet or lost memories. Uh, also, Rocco stares into the water when old, uh, where the old dog is feeding some ducks, and he realizes that they're going to hit the ducks with the boat. It's, it's dangerous. So Rocco runs up to the captain's area and tells him about it, and uh, we find out the captain wants to hit the ducks. Uh, and he even has a duck sconce on the wall, uh, and, and like so he's just, he wants to kill ducks. Uh, Rocco takes the steering wheel and they avoid the ducks, but they go right into the Bermuda Triangle where there's a green guy with a plane on his head that zips the triangle up after they enter. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, I guess it's just because everything's zany and, and upside down and weird in the Bermuda Triangle. So that's their explanation for it. For the guy? I, I mean, like, I, I don't know why the guy has the plane on his head and he zips it up. Like, yeah. I don't understand the point of that. I think the zip up is just like sometimes now you know it. you're in a you're in an alternate dimension it's at triangle. that point in time. Yeah, yeah, it's to zip the triangle. Yeah, could have shut the door, I guess. Sure. Uh, but he chose to zip it like a tent. Yeah. So this is another two parter here. It so is. So it's the end of the first segment, end of the first part of the episode, leaving us on the cliffhanger. That's right. Um, have you ever wanted to go on a cruise? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, what kind are you wanting to do? Like a themed one, certain locations. What would be your your ideal cruise? Tom, um, <laughs> of course, Penelope. The Tom Cruise is my favorite one. You remember when Tom Cruise and Penelope Cruise were dating, but they both had different spellings, spellings of, of the cruise? last name. Yeah. yeah, it was. I do. It was made me like, okay, cool. They're not really. You remember whenever Tom Cruise jumped up and down on that couch on our Oprah? Yeah. And he was in love with Katie Holmes and so mm-hmm. excited. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't work out real well for him. Yeah. I mean, they lasted for a long time. Yeah. I don't think she wanted it to last as long as it did, though. <laughs> um, I think uh, I think just a generic cruise. If it was themed, I would like to go on something like uh, maybe like a band's cruise. Like Coheed has their own cruise that they do yeah, every year ended, now. Yeah. Um, I think going on like SS Neverender or something like that would be really fun, especially with like the lineup that they have and, yeah. uh, you know, all kinds of meet and greets. They also partake in like some of the activities and stuff that are on the cruise yeah. and stuff too. I think it would be neat just to, to do something like that. But 
just even just a plain old cruise. Uh, I, I really enjoy being out on a boat and everything. Um, so yeah, I think it'd be fun to do with any of them. Yeah. I like, uh, I want to go on a Disney cruise. Yeah. Uh, but I think I'd like to go on, like, I think there's a fairly certain there's a West coast Disney cruise, Mm -hmm. like that comes out of like California, uh, or something, you know, and, uh, I'd, I'd like to see something from that side that maybe is even more northern where it's like a because I think it would be cool to see more of like an Alaskan cruise or something. Uh, but I think theme wise, I definitely would like It'd be to, so weird to be Disney. on a cruise. And then if you're going to be out and about on the boat, knowing that you're like, I have to dress up super warm because it's cold as shit outside. Yeah, <laughs> I like know? it. They probably have a lot of like heaters on deck. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I just meant like thinking about it like that way. You know, every time you really think and imagine a cruise, you're thinking like, bahamas something tropical being Mm -hmm. in the heat and stuff like that you don't really think of like a and there are lots of alaskan cruise lines there's ones that they do in like norway and stuff like that too that are like more winter themed ones anyways Mm -hmm. so i think that would be interesting too yeah that'd be really cool heck yeah let's do let's do cruising part two let's do it cruising the world in bermuda in the bermuda triangle they are floating around along with many other things including an hourglass with eyeballs uh these are all stereotypical things that float through uh, the Bermuda Triangle in my mind when I think yes. of it. Not just because of this, but because of probably even like the Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah. Absolutely Twilight Zone. Uh, planes that turn into ghouls. Uh, pirate ship on fire. UFO with dangling chicken leg. Uh, their capture heifer. And the aliens look like green versions of heifer. Uh, and then they send him back, and Heifer says that they were hideous creatures. <laughs> uh, time goes by super fast for Rocco and Heifer, and they become old. Uh, time winds backward for Grandpa and the rest of the elderly, so they're now young. And the captain of the ship is now a baby. Do you get the rules? Do you understand now what's yeah. happening? Okay. So the, the, the only two people got to flash forward. Everybody else went backwards. The captain was younger than all of the other old people, so he is an infant. He went really young. Yeah, he's a baby now. <laughs> So Rocco snaps at someone and doesn't understand why he's just so grumpy all of a sudden. Grandpa tries to take a pass at Winifred again now that they're young, uh, and she still wants nothing to do with him because he only thinks of himself. He just wants to get it out. Uh, A storm starts to brew, and the water grows a hand, smacks the ship, and knocks Rocco into the water. Heifer, Heifer tries to save Rocco, but is too weak. Grandpa hears Rocco and jumps in to save him. But it also mentioned that now, now that Heifer is old, he's also gotten the smaller frame again. Yeah. So the, the pants, pants and stuck. the suspenders are like uh, extra fat and thick so, around him. So he's now uh, skinny. He's again. got saggy boobies this he time. He has saggy like. boobs. Yeah. Uh, the water throws Grandpa into the ship and knocks him out. A shark starts to circle around him when Winifred hits the shark with a baseball bat. Where'd that come from? Uh, and grandpa and saves grandpa for being selfless and trying to save Rocco. The Bermuda guy takes a picture of Rocco, Heifer, grandpa and Winifred, and then yanks the water and the storm out from under the boat, leaving the boat to land on a clock that sets all the time back correctly. Then a current takes a ship back to surface to the surface in a real world in the real world. And the captain takes everyone quickly back to shore and he runs off the ship. Heifer then tells Rocco it was cool being old without without his teeth. He could swallow his food whole. <laughs> Rocco thanks Grandpa for saving him and said that they should be friends. As they walk off the dock, the Bermuda creature shows up and shows them the and shows the picture he took of the four of them as a postcard says greetings from the Bermuda Triangle. And that's the end. Probably the like if you take just this part out of context from everything else, maybe one of the weirdest episodes, uh period. 
Yeah. Uh, like if you just like if you don't give it part one and you just treat every segment like it's its own segment. I'm sure that at some point in time I've come in to that. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> watching as, as a kid. Right. I probably come in and only saw Halfway the tail through, end of yeah. it. Knowing, I mean, knowing that I would understand the concept because I've seen the first right, part, but coming in and, you know, seeing that, yeah, it's definitely would be really <laughs> weird out of context. Yeah. Especially uh, since, like, you still say that episode starts immediately with the, the clocks you, and everything just flapping. Well, it gives you, like, a minute oh, yeah, of, like, picks up, like, a little precursor of Rocco like, running up yeah, to he turn says, the ship. They're going to hit and, those decks. Yeah. And then runs up and talks to the guy yeah. and he's trying to, yeah, and hits the. You get one yeah. minute of, like, yeah. of lead in and that's it. Mm -hmm. uh bermuda triangle real um there are a lot of odd things that do happen down there yeah so i don't know if i would necessarily discount it as not real okay um but i don't know there are a lot of like i said a lot of odd things that happen in that region of uh i think it's magnetic like it's uh it could be it's a, a that's like that's like the lost theory, theory. Yeah, like the island itself. Whenever it pulls down, like the planes and shit, it's because that's it's actually like a giant magnet, basically. Like there's a weak a weakness in the crust mm -hmm. that has more of a gravitational pull right there than yeah others. So I mean, I'm I, there could be something to it. Yeah, I don't really know enough mysteries of the Bermuda Triangle. I haven't I haven't it read. Seems up like on another other... podcast that we should start. I'm sure somebody else has done. We've got two podcasts to start up now. <laughs> We've got the one for the Bermuda Triangle, and then the other one for campfire songs. Campfire songs. <laughs> Podcast day is a very dangerous day. This has been IFNZ Production. Yeah.